Um, but welcome. I'm so glad to be here and to see some of your smiling faces. It is so good. Los extrañé. I've missed you. Um, but uh, today we get to uh, look at the Word of God, continue in the, um, the Sermon of the Mount, and just hear what Jesus has to say. How many of you guys want to hear what Jesus has to say, right? I want to hear what Jesus has to say along with you. So I want to welcome you. If you're watching online, we're so grateful that you're here. Um, go ahead and comment and be part, engage with us. We'd love to be a part of that. But um, I don't know about you, but do you remember when you were a child? Or if you're a child, just, you know, you're, you're there. So think with us, right? What are the, some of the things that you would ask your father or your parent for? You know, if you're still a, if you're still a child or children, you know, what are some of the things you still ask mom and dad for? You know, do you remember money? Money was a good thing always. I would always ask mom and dad for money. I always wanted permission to go places. My parents were really, well, my mom. My mom was really strict. My dad, eh, sometimes. So I remember this one time, I really, really, really wanted to go to the beach because my friends were going to the beach. By the way, I don't know if you know me. My name's Ilsian. Glad to be here. I, I just completely forgot to introduce myself. But anyways, I really wanted to go to the beach. And I said, Dad, por favor, can I go to the beach? And, and he, he said, um, go, go ask your mom. <laughs> and uh, my mom said, whatever your dad says. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, Dad, please, can I go to the beach? And he's like, Who's going? I was like, well, it's just a friends, you know, but there's, there's this, this one person, he's, they're an adult, they're responsible, and he's like, no, you can't go. And I was like, oh, come on, Dad, it's going to be fun, I'm going to be bored, por favor, papi, let me go. He's like, no, sorry, just no. You're not a good swimmer. I'm like, darn. And I was like, so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to leave it at that, I'm not going to ask for the next 10 minutes. Ten minutes went by. I came back. I'm like, Papi, can I please, please go to the beach? He's like, Otra vez? No, I told you. Can't you understand? No is no. And I'm like, I know, but why? Why can't I go? Because I said so, right? Kids, how many of you guys love hearing your parents say that? No. And I was like, I was like, okay. I'm just going to wait, and I'm going to ask again. A few minutes went by. I went back. Dad, can I please go to the beach? This went on for at least two hours. I'm not kidding you. I kept going back, and I kept going back, and I'm sure my dad was getting so annoyed of me. But finally, I said, Papi, por favor, I promise I won't go in the deep. I'll stay close to the shore. Can I go to the beach? And he's like, fine, ya largate. Like, fine, just leave already, right? And I was like, yes, okay, love you, bye. Like, my bags were packed, and I was ready to go. And I went off to the beach, and I'm alive. I didn't drown or anything. His worst fears didn't come true. But I tell you this story because as a, as a little kid, I've always been very persistent. I've always asked and asked and asked. And I felt like I had to ask harder because my parents were harder to convince than any other parent in the planet. You know, I always had to really ask. Um, but when we read the story, and I want to read the story in Matthew, found in Matthew 7, and Jesus says these words, and we'll see it up on the screen, but it says, keep on asking, and you will receive. 
what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. What is that? Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. And then we continue to read the next few verses. And it says, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? So how many of you guys have read this passage like, more than 10 times. I've read it so much. I, 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 I love going back to it. I love reminding myself, you need to ask and keep on asking. Um, but I, I want to ask you, if you could today, I asked you earlier when you, when you were a child, if, if, you're, if you're older, but today, if you could ask your heavenly father for anything, anything, what would that be? And you don't have to answer. Just think about it. What would it be? If you could ask... Heavenly Father, for anything, what would it be? Because Jesus right here, he's, he's, he's talking about asking and seeking and knocking and this persistence. And I, I love that he says this, but you know, he doesn't just say ask. Um, and, and that's all he says in that. If, if we continue to read, because I want us to know this, that our Heavenly Father is not like a genie. That we like, okay, I'm going to make this wish and this wish and that wish. No, that's, that's not what he's like. He, he, he puts it in the context of relationship. Can you say relationship? Relationship. Type it in the comments. Relationship. He says these things in the context of relationship. So why does asking matter? It's right there because everyone who asks receives. But everyone who asks in the context of this relationship of this relationship with the Father. So I love that Jesus illustrates it. He says, this is how you should pray. Ask, seek, knock, and keep on asking, and keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. But do it. He illustrates it. He says, parents, if your children... So he, he puts this illustration of a parent to a child or a child to a father, and he says, ask like this. And I love that in the previous chapter, chapter 6, verse 9... He, he tells, this is how you should pray. Our Father, there it is again, that relationship between us and him for us to see him as a father. And he says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? It's this image of a father. Now, some of us, maybe we get stuck right there because the image that you have of your earthly father isn't the greatest image. I know I struggled with the image of a father. I love my dad. He did the best he could. But the substance abuse and the alcohol really set us up for some really painful experiences growing up. So it's hard to sometimes see God as a good father because of what we've lived or what we've experienced but that is who he is he is a good father he is a good god 
So maybe your image of a good father is distorted, but I want you to learn about this good father that loves you, that cares for you, because this is who God is. And I love that, that prayer that Jesus teaches us, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's saying, this is who I am. Remember who I am when you come in prayer to me. Remember that I am your father. But this is what my name is. I am Jehovah Jireh, if you're hearing that. For the first time, it means I am God, your provider. I am the God that provides for you. I am compassionate. He is a compassionate God. He is loving. He's gracious. He's a healer. And guess what? He wants the very best for you. He has good things in store for you. God wants good things. Our Father wants good things for us. And see, it's, it's, it's really hard to come to him if we don't understand that. It's really hard to ask and ask and ask. See, I knew that my dad would eventually say yes if I annoyed him enough. You know, there was a relationship that I had with my dad, though it wasn't the best. I still knew. I just need to keep asking. I just need to keep asking. I just need to keep asking. And so I did. But see, and I think what Jesus is saying here and asking and seeking um, and knocking is this, this proactive stance on our part, this communication. Because that's what I love about asking questions. It is a great tool for communication. When somebody tells me something, sometimes I'm like, okay. Then I was like, wait, I don't really understand what they told me. I should have asked questions. Like I need to ask questions when I don't understand what people are telling me. And so I've learned you need to ask questions to communicate clearer, to understand. And so I think with, with Jesus, what he's saying is I want you to come to the Father. I want you to have communication. I want you to ask. I want you to come seeking. I want you. You know, have you ever played hide and seek with little kids? It's the cutest thing ever. Because they're like, okay, one, two, three, go. You can't see me. And they're like right in front of you, right? I sometimes feel like Father God is the same thing with us. He's like, seek me and you shall find me. But it's not like he finds the, the hardest hiding spot ever. I think sometimes he's just like so obvious, like hiding behind a curtain, you know, that you can see bulging out. I think that he does it the same way. He wants us to find him. He wants us to ask why. Because he loves you and he wants relationship with you. Because he is our heavenly father. And so I, I, wanted, I wanted to show you this video because it's such a great example of what a good parent, what a dad would do. So let's watch the video. An alert four-year-old discovers her family's air fryer is on fire. Fire! As if on cue, the soundtrack to the movie Frozen starts to play and little Amelia springs into action. She runs to find dad who's busy brushing his teeth in the bathroom. He said, Daddy, there's, you got to come see this. And she's doing this with her hands. Dad Daniel Germine and stepmom Megan says Amelia often entertains them with imaginative stories, but this scare was definitely real. Daniel scrambles to find the fire extinguisher. No luck. 
Now the family dogs have also joined the action. Panicked, Dad picks up the flaming air fryer with his bare hands. Watch out! Watch out! I was trying not to hit the dogs and there was plastic dripping. He burnt his feet. I burnt my feet. <laughs> he burnt his feet. See, I show you this video because I think I love the little girl's reaction. She sees the fire and she says, Dad's gonna kill me. Like right away, I'm like, what is it about their relationship that right away she's like, oh man, I'm in trouble. I didn't do it, but I know I'm in trouble, you know? But I love, and this is what I, one of the first points I want to make. When we go to our Heavenly Father, when we go to Father God, we can do a bold ask. We can ask boldly. We can ask confidently. And this is what this little girl does. She thinks dad's going to kill me, but she still goes to her dad. Still goes and tells him what's going on. And I feel like sometimes you and I, because maybe there is fear or a misconception or something happened, or we're like, well, I don't know. Is he going to listen? Is he going to answer? There's this fear and this doubt involved that keeps us from going to him. But I want you to know, the word of God says that he knows what we need before we ask him. And you're probably saying, then why do we ask him? Well, let me go back to the first point. He wants relationship with you. He wants to hear you. He delights in you. And so I love that this little girl just goes See, because in a healthy relationship between a child and a, and a parent, there is trust. And that trust is greater than any fear. And so I love that this little girl can go and say, this is what I need. And I love that the dad doesn't matter. You know, I know that in a panic mode, you don't think things through. So he's like burning his feet, but he jumps into action, right? Like a good dad would do. And so I want us to think about that. I want us to know that, that God loves us, and he wants to hear. But, he, you know, be, be bold in your asking. And I know that sometimes that can be difficult, but I want you to ask out of this place of you trust him and you know that he can do anything. He is all-powerful. He is able He's done great things, right? The Bible is full of the amazing wonders that God has done. Well, he's not done. He wants to continue to do good things. He wants to continue to show his wonders. And you know what the awesome thing is? Is that God has good gifts. I remember when I just started living on my own, right? I, I I had finished college. I'm living in my first apartment, renting a room with a roommate. And I had crashed my car, you know, like a few months before. So I had zero transportation. I lived in California. I would commute from Encino all the way to downtown LA. If you have no idea where those places are, they're really far from each other. And so I would take public transportation. I would take the bus that would take me to this line, I would take the train, and then take another train, and then finally get to where I'm going. It was a long commute. And I remember doing this. 
And I remember uh, being at work one day, and one of my coworkers who was a believer said, you know, I was praying for you this morning, and I really felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you to read Esther 9. And I was like, oh, thanks. I, I'll, I'll look it up later, you know. And I got home that evening, and I remembered, and I was like, okay, I'm going to read it. Started reading it. There is this part in that chapter that says, what is it that you want? The king asked Esther, right, what is it that you want? Even if it's up to half the kingdom, I will give it to you. And for the first time ever in my walk with Jesus, I felt like those words jumped out of that page. And I heard God speaking to me. Or it was like it was highlighted and I knew that God was asking me, what is it that you want? And I was like, what? God does that? God speaks to you? Like, well, what is it that I want, God? And I was like, man, I, I don't know if this is selfish, Lord, but... One, my mom hasn't spoken to me since I left home. She says she never wants to see me again. You never leave home if you're a Latina unless you're married. Well, I did it differently because I felt like God was calling me to leave. My mom didn't understand that. So it was hard in our relationship. So when I left home, she cursed me out. She said never wanted to see me again. Yes, she was a believer, but she still cursed me out. Um, And so... I just, I was devastated because I love her, and I knew that I wanted a relationship with her. So one of the first things when God said, what is it that you want? I was like, God, please restore my relationship with my mom. I miss her. I love her. I want to know her. And I was like, oh, and Lord, I really need a car. It's so tiring taking the bus. Please provide a car for me, Jesus. And I remember I left it at that. This was a Wednesday night. It's crazy. God doesn't always do this, but sometimes he does because he shows off, and I don't know why he does it for some people, and he doesn't do it for others. I don't know. That's God mystery. I don't know. But that Friday, I show up to a Bible group, Bible study, and um, I remember after Bible study, a young adult comes up to me, and he says, Ilsian, um, I was praying, and I just really felt like the Lord said uh, I was to give you my car. I was like, come again? Yeah, I feel like the Lord says I was to give you my car. And I was like, that is crazy because that's what I've been praying. And I was like, okay, amen, you know. And, and the Lord provided a car. And one day I'll tell you all the other cars that God has provided, but we'll leave it at that. But see, that was a bold ask. The Lord said, what is it? And I am like, okay, Lord, this is, I don't know how you're going to do it, but this is what I need. So I want to tell you, and I want to remind you, whether it's a simple thing as a car or if it's a greater thing as a relationship being restored, God wants to do it. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from my mama, and she said, I am so sorry. Te amo. Me perdonas. Will you forgive me? And I was like, yes, of course. I had a flip phone then, you know. Of course, mom. And God restored that relationship, and he's still healing, and he's still restoring. But God is able to do it. We see Gideon, you know, I'll put out the fleece, God. If this is you, then let it be this way. That was a bold ask. And then God tells him again, he's like, okay, God, well, this time let the fleece be soaked. Well, this time let the fleece be dry. Like, he just goes back and forth with God. Why? Because there is that relationship and that communication and the boldness to ask. So I want you to be bold in your asking. 
Let's learn how to be bold. Because bold prayers receive some crazy bold answers. Amen? Because we pray to a God who wants to give. And I love that the next thing is this persistent ask. And, and we see it in, in, in what Jesus says, right? Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. There's this persistence. Keep doing it. Don't just do it once and then, like, forget about it. No, keep at it. And I love that Luke 18, um, Luke 18, 1, Jesus says this. Pray and don't give up. He says, pray and don't give up. That tells me that there's going to be times that we want to give up in prayer. There is going to be times where we don't want to keep praying for something or we're like, forget it. I don't know that it's ever going to happen. I know for me, I felt that way with my dad. For over a decade, I prayed, God, please heal my dad. Let him be free from substance abuse and alcohol. Lord, please deliver him. Lord, please let him come to salvation. Let him know you, Jesus. I know he needs you, so I pray that he would come to know you, God. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed for years for that to happen. And I remember one Sunday after church, I felt like, man, I need to go hang out with my dad. So I, I went to hang out with him. We were cooking together, making some, um, some tortillas, you know, just with frijoles. It was just a really good um, daughter and dad kind of day. And we were there, and, and I really felt like, like there was this, this, this prompting of, of the Holy Spirit, like just this thought, you know, for some of us are like, what is that? It's just this thought that came to mind that said, ask your dad why he drinks. I was like, no, that's taboo. <laughs> like, we don't do that in the Lemus household. We don't talk about his problem. We just ignore it. <laughs> no. And then I really felt like that thought came again. Ask him why he drinks. And I was like, oh, Lord, if this is you. <laughs> like, okay, um, Dad, uh, why do you drink so much? I added the so much that was not the Holy Spirit. That was just me. Um, but I asked him, Papi, ¿por qué tomas tanto? Why do you drink? And I never expected this answer, but he just completely opened up and he shared some of the pain and some of the past that he's lived. And he said, I just, I'm trying to numb the pain. And this is how I know how to do it. And man, I was like, wow, dad, I had no idea. I was like, I know you've heard this before. I know it's cliche, but Jesus can heal you. Jesus can help. Please come to church with me next Sunday. And he was like, ay, mija, I don't know. I'm like, please, dad, just, just think about it. He's like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll go with you. And I was like, okay. Well, that was the little hope that I needed. I left my parents' house that day, and I drove home. It was like a 30-minute drive, and 
from the moment I got in the car, I was like, God, all right, me and you, we got this. Like, you got this, God. You're going to do it. You're going to take my dad. You're going to bring my dad. You're going to save him. You're going to do something awesome. You're going to bring him. I don't know how you're going to do it, but convince him. Don't let him. If he wants to fall asleep, you wake him up. Keep him up. You make sure that he goes. And I was praying. I called my mentors. I called my prayer friends. And I was like, I need you to pray with me. This is what we're going to pray. We're going to pray that my dad shows up. We're going to pray that he just goes and that Jesus speaks to him. And I was, I mean, I was, I was not giving up. I was like that persistent widow that the story talks about in Luke. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. We're going to keep knocking. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going to the judge. Do it, do it, do it. And man, I don't think I've ever prayed harder in my life. And it's not because of my prayers, but because of his mercy and because of who God is. That Sunday, my dad wanted to go to the 8 o'clock service because he's an early bird. I sacrificed, and I said, okay. <laughs> I show up, and it's, you know, I showed up early. I save seats. I, I, I go to the parking lot to wait for him, and it's, it's 8 o'clock, and he's not there. And I'm like, okay, I'm not giving up hope yet. Come on, God, you can do it. It's 8 one. And you know when you're waiting for something, the time just go by so slow. 802, 803, here he comes in the parking lot. I'm like, yes, Jesus, thank you. And I was like, okay, Dad, let's go. I had saved seats in the very front row because I, I know the anointing is greater in the front row. So I'm like, I'm going to sit in the front row, Dad. And so I took him. I'm just kidding. I'm about the anointing, but who knows, right? Um, so I go, and, and, and so I, we sit. We sit. And, and I'm just, like, so excited that my dad's finally at church with me because I prayed for this for so long. At the end of the message, there is an invitation for those that want to say yes to Jesus. He raises his hand, and my tears just start flowing. This is what I had prayed for for over a decade. Had I given up praying, I don't know that I would have seen that. And I got to see my dad sober, and I got to see my dad baptized. And I got to live, you know, that, that testimony with him. Because that is the God that we have, the God that wants to do good things for us, good things for you, good things for me. And so I just kept praying, and and we see it in this story. And I love that when Jesus is talking about asking and seeking and praying in Luke, he says, he shares the story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, a friend of mine has come to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. This is Jesus sharing that story, okay? So it just encourages me to remind you, be persistent with your prayers. Don't give up. God isn't done. God is still at work. God has a plan. And I love that Psalms 119 says that plan, that that God is good and he plans good. He is good and he plans good. So let's continue to go to him in prayer. And then the next ask is a childlike ask. And, and I think this is what Jesus shares in this story, right? Be 
parents know the needs of their children. Parents, you know that you need to buy food for your kids to eat. You just know that. And, 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 and Jesus says, like a parent, when your children ask you for things, when they ask you for bread, you're not going to give them a stone. No, that, that is a poetry and, and, and a term used back then because there were actual stones, rocks that looked like bread. So Jesus is saying, you're not going to give them an imitation. You're not going to deceive your kids. And I believe that that's, that is what Jesus is saying about our Father God. Our Heavenly Father isn't going to deceive us. He isn't going to give us something that is going to harm us. And sometimes we pray and we pray and we pray and we don't see the answer we want. We have to surrender. And we have to come to a point of trust because where there is trust, there is surrender. God, I don't, I've been praying for this. I remember for how long did I, I, I pray that, that I would marry this certain guy that I was with. Thank God I didn't marry him. Thank God I ended up marrying this one, you know? Like, it's awesome. But, but sometimes we pray and we pray and we pray, but we're not surrendering. We're not submitting ourselves to God's will. And Jesus is the perfect example, right? In the Garden of Gethsemane, he says in Mark 14, 36, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done and not mine. But how many times are we willing to pray like that? God, I know you can do anything. I know that when I was pregnant with Charlie and we got all the crazy, uh, you know, DNA results that we got, and I was praying all the ultrasound things that showed there was a problem with the heart, that showed there was a problem with the bowels, I kept, I would pray this prayer God, you can do anything. Heavenly Father, you can do anything. Everything is possible for you. You can heal Charlie. You can heal Charlie's heart. And I know I didn't pray that prayer alone. You guys helped me pray that prayer. And Charlie was born with a healthy heart when the ultrasound showed that there was something wrong. God is able to do But again, it's surrendering to the Father. And and to be honest, can I be honest with you? I prayed that Charlie wouldn't have been born with Down syndrome. And that was a very selfish prayer. But I didn't want to go through the suffering of having a child with a disability because it's a heavy load. And I don't think I wanted that heavy load. But I am so glad that I was able to say, not my will, but yours be done. God, and you know one of the things? I don't know it yet. I don't see it yet. But I know that God's glory is being shown through Charlie Joy. I know that I will see the glory of God. But it's in those things of we got to trust, right? Because where there is trust, there is surrender. You're going to trust, and you're going to believe, and you're going to wait. And I love that in a childlike ask, there's dependency. Children can't do things on their own. They need mom and dad to help them. They need mom and dad to provide for them. They don't have jobs. 
I've tried to get Charlie Joy to change her old poopy diaper. She can't. She needs help doing it. And Carlos is really good at that, you know? Like, but or, we, we are to be childlike with, with our Heavenly Father. We are to be childlike with God and say, God, you know that prayer when he goes, when he goes on to say, um, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Again, it's that surrender, your will, your kingdom, not my kingdom, not what I want, your will. Then it goes on to say, give us today our daily bread, that daily dependence on him, that daily dependence. And so that's why I come to him asking like a child, you know, and sometimes we'll see like Paul, he prayed and prayed and prayed, God, take this thorn from me. But it says that his answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. And sometimes that'll be the answer that we get. And, and the other thing about being childlike is children go through a phase. I've heard, I've, I've seen my, my nephews go through it. Oh, they just start asking why. The why phase, right? You tell them, can you please go brush your teeth? Why? Because we don't want your teeth to fall out. Why? Because if you don't brush them, they're going to fall out. But why? Like, they're just like, why, 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 why? I love that. They're just trying to understand. They're trying to have that communication with their parent. It's how they relate at that moment. They're trying to understand the world. So I want you to know it's okay to go to the father and be like that child. It's okay if you're in a Y face. God is there to hear you. God is there to help you. God is there to be with you in the midst of that. And I'm going to end with this quote that says, the greatest tragedy in life is the prayers that go unanswered simply because they go unasked. And that's Mark Batterson. So I want you to dare to ask. Because we know that the word of God says that he can do infinitely more than what we can ever ask for or even imagine. He is faithful. He is good. And he loves you. He loves you so much. He wants relationship with you. And that's what prayer is about. Prayer is about relationship. It's about communicating your needs and your desires to your father. And he is a good God. And he gave us Jesus. He gave his son so that you and I would know relationship with God. So maybe you're in this room and you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe people have been praying like I had been praying for my dad that you would come to know Jesus and walk in relationship with him. Maybe you're online and you're watching and you're saying, maybe that's me. I want to invite you today, if that's you, and you want to say yes to Jesus, and you want to open up your heart, his arms are wide open. He loves you. He's forgiven you already. And he says, come. Would you close your eyes right there where you are? And I want to just take this moment to pray that we're going to go into communion. But, Lord, we are so grateful that you are a good father and that we can come to you with our every need. And Lord, I pray for 
Maybe those of us that are in the room here that have never said yes to you, Jesus. Maybe we've not opened up our hearts to believe in you. I pray that today would be a day where we can say yes to your love. That we can say yes to your invitation. But Lord, maybe there are people in the room that are distant from you. Maybe at one time in their life they were walking close and they were continually talking and communicating with you, but something happened and they're so distant. Lord, I pray that you, word says that you are the one that loves us. And because of your tender mercies, you draw us to you. So I pray that if there's anybody in this room that feels distant, they would come and draw close to you. With everybody's eyes closed, if there's somebody in the room today that you're saying, yes, I want a relationship with Jesus, or you know what, I've been distant, and I want to, I want to draw close to God again. With everybody's eyes closed, if that's you, can you open your eyes and look up at me so I can agree with you? I see you. If there's anybody else. I just want to take a moment and agree with you. I see you. I see you. If there's anybody else, just open up your eyes. Look at me so that I can agree with you. I see you. I see you. He loves you. He is good. He is faithful. So, Jesus, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for hope. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins, and we thank you that we can walk in relationship with you. In Jesus' name we say, amen. And right now, I want you to prepare your hearts to receive communion. We have, um, we have this. If you don't have communion elements with you, it's a little cup with a wafer and some grape juice. If you need one, raise your hand, and our wonderful greeters... We'll be able to give you one in Cedars if you're missing one. If not, as you partake of communion today, I want you to think of how much he loves you. And I want you to know that he's forgiven your sins and that he invites you to walk close and commune with him, right? This is why we celebrate communion. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. So right there where you are, if you would take your little wafer, peel the first layer of the cup, and we're going to pray, and then you can take the, the juice afterwards. Father, we take this as a representation of your body and your blood. And that you died so that we would know relationship with you. We thank you for your love and your forgiveness. Let healing be present in this room as we partake. Let forgiveness be present in the room as we partake. In Jesus' name, let's participate if you're online.